Back to the Ticket Water Cooler. Brought to you by Wingstop on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. here rocking out on a Friday. It's a day before game day here on the Ticket Water Cooler, and we liked ourselves some rock music. Rico likes himself some fire. I have fire. (laughs) Some fire over there. Uh, So uh, he was playing with scissors earlier. Rico, you're in a diabolical mood today. Today, I don't know what's going on with me. (laughs) Maybe we'll keep an eye on you uh, throughout this uh, interview. Fire fire and sharp things (laughs) seem really fun today. Yeah. (laughs) Don't get, don't get in my way. <laughs> Especially if you combine them. Oh, that could be interesting. Uh, let's bring in... Bri- <laughs> don't give me ideas now. <laughs> Watch out. Uh-oh. Uh, let's bring on Brian Munson of Husker Online and On3. Uh, Brian, how are you doing this uh, this wonderful afternoon? Busy, man. We're breaking news all over about uh, visitors still planning on coming in this weekend. So uh, going to be a good weekend in Lincoln. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, Brian, do you want to kind of kind of break the, the latest news of a visitor that's coming to Lincoln? Yeah, sure. No, we, we got the buzz. Um, we got the information that uh, uh, both Dalton Riola and, or, uh, Dylan Riola and Dayton Riola, I combined both the two names, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, Dylan Riola and, and Dayton Riola were going to be in town this weekend. Uh, Dominic will be will be coming with, and it sounds like the whole family down to even my grandparents will be there. This is, I think it's uh, much more a family kind of weekend to go see Donovan, you know, coaching in his element, as well as give Dayton the chance, obviously, to kind of begin his his recruitment st- re- recruiting cycles, you know, he's a 2026 quarterback from Chandler, Arizona, that Nebraska recently offered this week. And obviously Dylan is the quarterback commitment for Ohio State in the 2024 class. So not going to sit there and tell you that I'm sure Nebraska is not going to try to try to manipulate that some way, somehow, because uh, it would be uh, fantastic, I think, for Nebraska to try to get back on his radar. But I would look at this much more like a, a family weekend kind of thing with uh, obviously some some new kind of uh, uh, things that, that Dayton can kind of take into consideration as he begins his process. Obviously, you know Dylan, one of the top uh, top quarterback prospects in the nation, and, and a lot of Nebraska fans feel kind of bad for likely missing out on him. But what is how how uh, how I guess well received is Dayton? I mean, I know he's really young, um, and I, I guess how often does Nebraska make offers to quarterbacks that young? I would say never. <laughs> okay. I I mean, going back, going back. Um, I'm really struggling to find a quarterback that was much before. I mean, maybe Daniel Kalen might have been the first sophomore quarterback potentially to kind of get an offer. And of course, that was kind of a that was kind of a mixed, you know, situation anyway with Produsco and maybe kind of a, a an offer that was maybe rogue or off the cuff and maybe not approved fully through fully vetted through the coaching staff and. Mickey Joseph and his staff finally have reconnected with him, so there might have been a little bit of lost time there, but that's about as early as a, of a quarterback offer as I've ever heard of before. So uh, for a guy that's 2026 20, and we're recruiting 2023 20, now, so he's a, he's a freshman playing JV football. I don't think he's played a varsity snap. I uh, looked at least through Max Preps in the video, of course, it's out there on his uh, his Twitter is of JV, so I think you're wow. you're really obviously not looking like this is like a committable, you know, signable kind of offer at the moment. It's like one of those things that's got to kind of get there. 
Yeah, that's interesting. Also, I've seen that uh, Nebraska's kind of been uh, interested in as of late in the JUCO trail. What can you tell us about there? Nebraska has been incredibly busy out there. So there were eight new offers made um, between Coffeyville, Hutchinson, and American River Junior College out in California. Um, they uh, they range obviously the, the position spread is very predictable. You, you're talking about interior offensive line, you're talking about offensive tackle, you're talking about defensive line, you're talking about edge, and you're talking about middle linebacker and safety. I mean, if you had to kind of go like down through the list about where Nebraska is the thinnest or they need the most help that, to be ready for like next year, that's the, that's the menu. That's, that's literally the, that's the shopping list. That's the shopping list with really what you're kind of going back and looking for when it comes to getting your team more ready or getting them ready for next season. And, and I, I really, I mean, if you guys haven't been out there and read uh, Steve Sipple's Tunnel Talk, it is fantastic. It talks about, you know, the, the, the meetings that are taking place behind the scenes with Coach, jo- Coach Joseph there talking to the rest of the staff about the recruits they went out and saw during the bye week and really bucketizing or building that matrix, you know, among the, among the recruits about saying, is this guy a, a guy that can come in and start? Is he a guy that can come in and play? We need immediate help. Uh, and, and they're really trying to bucketize that and find those guys. So it's interesting because I think junior college guys are really going to kind of extend their timeline out more towards that end of November, you know, beginning of December when they can kind of first sign on the dotted line, while high school guys have been typically off the board since June. And, and it's it's really, I think, tough to kind of – get back into a lot of scenarios with the high school guys with having the interim interim tag, you know, next to the head coach title for Mickey Joseph. But I think that it's been a little bit more well-received uh, with the junior college guys, because I think that they know by then things will shake out. Nebraska is still Nebraska, and it's going to be a great opportunity regardless. Plus, I mean, a lot of that stuff, Jayhawk League, you know, you're, you're just in the backyard for Nebraska, so it's not a big haul to move north, and you're getting into the Big Ten, making that making that jump from junior college football. We're speaking with Brian Munson, Husker Online, on three. And Brian, sticking on the recruiting trail, they landed, Nebraska landed the number one in-state recruit, Malachi Coleman, um, last week. Uh, how how big of a get is, is Malachi for, for this staff? I think that it was really that, you know, well, let's, let's back up to where, you know, where things I felt like, even before Malachi was say, said it last weekend, it was something that I was feeling, and I had said it before. I don't think Malachi ends up a Husker unless a lot of things were changing in Lincoln. And, and I think that people will go, well, yeah, well, Scott Frost is no longer here as a head coach. I'm not really talking about that. I'm talking about Mickey Joseph finding his way to Lincoln. I'm really thinking that that was that before even all that stuff else, everything else happened. Those important dates, you know, right out the gate when you can kind of get out and see the recruits in January, you know, Mickey Joseph showing up at Lincoln East and and really having a, having that ability to kind of rebuild, you know, the relationship between he and Malachi Coleman. Um, I, I don't think I don't think that Malachi Coleman's a, a Husker right now if Mickey Joseph's not in Lincoln, and I think that he pretty much said that before. But I, I was feeling it for the longest time. I felt like I felt like Malachi was souring on Nebraska. I felt like I felt like he saw that this team that he had loved, that he had grown up in the same you know market as, you know, had all these had had this uh, sour opinion of where they were at with where you know with where the team was at, the the lack of success, of course, that they were having, 
not a lot of offensive production and maybe not even like a really great um, uh, demonstrable kind of path to the NFL. And I think that that's, that's big now that you got Trey and you've got Mickey Joseph and you've got some other guys, I think that are, that are obviously, you know, have got some, um, got some ability that I think can get there eventually. Um, uh, but I think with, with Trey and Mickey Joseph, I think that that's really kind of that shining endorsement that Nebraska needed to get him. So it's, it was huge. I mean, I don't know if I can, I know that I cannot tell you of another time that, you know, the university of Georgia or university of USC was ever recruiting a, a player from Nebraska. I, I, I liken Malachi Coleman's popularity with the college football teams, maybe only with Amon Green. Um, I think Niles Paul probably got close, but I think Amon Green, from what, from, from, from my very vague kind of memories of talking to Amon about his nephew, Niles Paul, and, and maybe some similar paths that they had to take when it came to recruiting, there were some names that, that I remember Ramon bringing up, you know, particularly like Penn State and, and Joe Paw, you know, in the early 90s. Uh, that, that was one of those teams that was just, you know, kind of right there, kind of really, really close to, to having a lot of success. And um, I don't know if I, if I can really put another team, you know, like where they're reigning national champions and a team like that, you know, different eras, but that's kind of same parallels, at least to me, to where, you know, I have to put – Amon Green and Malachi Coleman as being two of the most recruited players out of the state of Nebraska ever. Now, Brian, I, I don't want to make this uncomfortable or anything if you've had any conversations with recruits that maybe you don't want to share, but what is the talk amongst the recruits that you have been able to talk to about Mickey Joseph and the rest of this Nebraska season if he gets the job, if he doesn't get the job, and, and where they sit with Nebraska currently? Well, I, I know that everybody is um, – I know everybody's very, very interested to see what's going to happen there. I think that there's a couple players that have been a little uh, – they want to kind of distance themselves to, until they can kind of figure things out. I, I think Jaden Doss is one of those players that just, you know, is kind of kind of wants his season to take place, and then they'll see what happens in Lincoln. But I, I think, obviously, he's got a great relationship with Bill Bush and, and with Mickey Joseph, for that matter. So I think that if there's a, a retention there for either one or both, that that's going to sit very, very well with Jaden Doss. I know that like a guy like Hayden Moore that's out there having a ter- tremendous season out in Colorado, he's getting a lot of pressure uh, to take a look around. Obviously, Wisconsin have been recruiting, up to, uh, recruiting him up to the point, of course, where they made a head coaching change. Um, Colorado was still making a push. He recently picked up an offer from Texas A&M. Um, I know that probably the one player that, that's going to have the biggest impact, you know, with him based on how the staff is kind of re-pulled back together has got to be William Watson. Now, William Watson is a name that I didn't even know prior to Coach Whipple, you know, coming to Nebraska and before he kind of showed up, you know, in Lincoln uh, early in January for, for kind of a junior day visit. Um, he wasn't a guy that Nebraska had offered before, you know, Coach Whipple and the rest of the staff changes were, were kind of made in December. And all of a sudden he was there, he gets the offer, and you're going, okay, well, it, clearly this is their guy, but they're still courting other guys like Cole and and Avery Johnson. And, and you know, you're trying to figure out how all that stuff was going to kind of come together, and all of a sudden Watson kind of jumps in. Now, if his tie back to Nebraska is through Coach Whipple, Things get a little bit interesting, but I, I think it needs to be mentioned. And Mike Cassano was out there, you know, with with Watson last weekend, uh, you know, trying to kind of, you know, I think demonstrate that Nebraska is still interested, regardless of what kind of happens, you know, with you know Coach Whipple, and, and they and they want to remain a player there. It's just 
it's going to come down to, of course, you know, the relationship that was there with Watson. Can he get past not having that there anymore? Can it be about the rest of the staff and the place and the opportunity as opposed to feeling more comfortable there without, you know, with, with having his guy, you know, there that recruited him. So there's going to be some moving parts, you know, so to speak, when it comes to how the staff is going to be like pulled together, when they're going to make coaching changes, who's going to be part of the staff. And some of those things are going to impact some of these recruits. But I think for the most part, you know, even talking like Riley Van Poppel, like he's in, he is in, like that's a guy that is just in. And, and I'd say, you know, there's a couple other guys that he kind of mentioned to me too, that I won't go out there and totally spill the beans on, but they're in that. That's just, mm-hmm. they, they want to be part of the, the, the bigger picture at Nebraska. And I think that they feel really good about, Mickey Joseph's chances to, to being the head coach, too. Uh, last question for you, and it's kind of painting a picture here. If Nebraska beats Illinois, of course, it would be their first uh, victory in 20 games against top 25 opponents. Would it behoove them to name Mickey Joseph the head coach as soon as they're all in? Or do you think that it still maybe should take some time, don't get caught up in your feelings after a big win, and kind of let this play out? Or will, will it help him in recruiting the faster they figure out a coach? I think what will help them in recruiting is if they know that Mickey is the guy. Like, let's say that you get to a point where you know Mickey's the guy heading into uh, the Iowa game. They should name Mickey the guy before the Iowa game. If you if you get there, if you get there and you have enough evidence and you have come to an agreement and you you've got things sewn up, then do that announcement prior to that because I think it gives you great momentum kind of heading in. And I think that you're obviously going to need that momentum as you kind of turn the corner and you're trying to start getting into the portal and you're trying to get through that first kind of letter of intent signing day there in mid-December. You've got a lot of guys, portal, junior college, that are going to be trying to sort, sort things out. And you're not going to want to have to sort through a bunch of logistical coaching staff stuff. And I'm sure Trev realizes this. I'm sure that he realizes that having somebody in place, you know, if he can before, before Iowa – or shortly after, you know, in place, they need to be there because you've got like three short weeks to kind of get things going. And and those are going to be some incredibly critical weeks. I know I wouldn't get too caught up in the emotion about this weekend. I think it would be a huge win. Don't get me wrong. Huge win for Nebraska if they can pull it off. But I think that you still have to remain the course, do your due diligence, go through the vetting process, come to the right answer, because I'm sure Trev Alberts is just as aware that he could spend, you know, just two or three years in Nebraska as well if he doesn't go about doing this the right way. He wants to go through the process and stay at Nebraska as long as he can. There's not many other guys that I identify more personally with Nebraska than Trev Alberts, and I'm sure he realizes that too, that that's, that's, where, that's how he identifies himself as a Husker. Excellent stuff. Always insightful and always entertaining. Uh, we have him on every Friday to get us ready for the game. Brian Munson, thanks again for some time out of your day. Be good, guys. We'll see you. All right, there he goes. Brian Munson, part of Husker Online, the On3 Sports Network. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll take a look at some ticket prices across the land as we prepare for the happy hour coming up after this next segment of the Ticket Water Cooler. That's coming up next here on 93.7 The Ticket.